abuse begets abuse until you have that courage to heal. Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, this is Rich, Rich Homeris. And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. Now today, we're visiting with a person who shares her courageous story. It's one of a great odyssey that includes growing up in a home where she was sexually abused as a child, but that also includes great growth and healing in the hands of the Lord. Now, portions of her story are somewhat graphic in a sense, and you may feel are not appropriate for children or younger listeners. But it's an important message of what many households may be going through, no matter where they live, socially or economically. Growing up in Richmond, we had a great uh, sense of diversity, and that I loved. I went to Sunday school. My mom grew up Catholic. My father was Protestant. I guess when she was married, she was excommunicated from her church. So they didn't want to give that, you know, bit to us, but they did want to send us to Sunday school. But growing up, I, um, yeah, I enjoyed all the kids and all the different ethnicities. You know, at the Yamaguchis, we took our shoes off. You know, we had a Greek family across the street. Mm. My best friend was African-American, which was not okay with my dad. And then um, my mom got her doctorate degree. She had been teaching at San Francisco State as a associate professor, and they promised her a tenure-track position, full professorship, if she got her PhD. So off to Florida we went for her to get her uh, PhD in child development. So we followed her, and that first year was great because we were away from my father, My father had some wonderful attributes, but he sexually abused myself, my brother, and my sister. Being the youngest by five and eight years meant that I was like a domino effect. So I happened to come in and see that my brother was being abused by my dad at like four or five. Mm. And next thing I know, I was receiving that same abuse. But when we went to Florida, we were all away from this monster, right? This abuse was secret. We weren't to tell my mom, and we didn't. And so that year away, we were um, able to kind of blossom, you know. My brother stopped abusing me. It was from your brother as well? Yes, because my father abused him, yeah. My brother became... a. You know, it was a great guy. Um, he, after that, like, after he stopped abusing me in Florida, I think he just made it in his mind that he would be a great brother to me. Mm. But, of course, I still held the seeds of abuse. And once you've been abused by someone, it's really hard to forgive that and hold them differently, especially when you're keeping it secret to even yourself. So as a child, you knew that that wasn't right, that it wasn't something that was normal. I I just knew it was painful and it hurt. You know, I love my brother. It was such a anguish to love someone and to kind of be betrayed by them. Mm-hmm. Now, were there any warning signs, uh, both from your father and also from your brother, that uh, abuse was... Uh, Imminent? Was, yes, 
Well, it seemed to happen. My father would go in early to work and come home before I was like in kindergarten. He would relieve our babysitter and he would abuse me, take his nap and go back to work and come back like just at dinner time. At school, when I, I we moved to Moraga after my mom got her doctorate, we came back to Richmond for a year, sold the house, moved to Moraga. And um, he would come home during the day. And I uh, don't know if there's any kind of warning signs. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I think it happened more, more regularly when my sister was in college. Well, you just wonder, like, for parents like is there anything that you can watch out for yeah or even as a young person that's a really good question um there were lots of warning signs on my body for example like my father in order to like he'd abuse me and then I'd take a nap and so when I woke up from my nap I was greeted by my wonderful babysitter you know my mom knew her had set it up she was studying child development and it was lovely so as a young adult, when my memories were coming up, and even before I was aware of my memories, because you just push this down, I would like be so depressed, but I would take a nap and I'd feel better. Well, we now know sleep is really good, but then I was re-implementing um, this feeling of like, oh, I woke up, abuse is behind me, life is better again. Almost like denial. Yeah, like it's like stuffing it a little bit. Yes. Like food, you know, I, I would stuff my feelings with food as well. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to connect with you. Just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby. That's all one word, and Bobby is spelt with an I, dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby, dot com. There, all of our podcasts are posted, along with all of our contact information. Also, we're now posting our programs on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel, Connections with Rich and Bobby, and watch it there on YouTube. So now, let's return to our visit with our guest as she shares about finally revealing to her mom about her abuse and what her mother had to say. I think this... Maybe not everyone knows, but I asked my mom after the fact, and you know, she, when I came forth with my memories, um, my sister had come forth with her memories years before, but my sister was such a drama queen that it was hard to always believe her. But then when I told my mom, no, this happened, it just like gave the whole picture that yes, my sister was accurate as well. But I asked my mom, why was it so important for me to stuff my feelings? She's like, well, two things. You don't have the wherewithal to deal with that kind of emotional pain and anger and betrayal at such a young age. You just don't have those tools in your toolbox. And second, and probably the most important thing is, as a child, you need to see your environment as good because we only grow in goodness. We only grow in positivity. So anything that happens that's a negative, you take it on in the form of shame. And so I just carried the shame like an overcoat. And, you know, I know I could have gone on in college. I, I have a desire to get my own PhD and help people with this. 
But I just couldn't let go of really, just God has had me on this journey of getting well and, and healing my soul. Because really, sexual abuse is soul murdering. Oh, yes. Now, you mentioned that uh, you would sleep and then you would wake up to your babysitter coming in. Happy face, safety. Were there any signs for her, your babysitter, that something was wrong and something was uh, going on in this household that wasn't right? I don't know, but the telltale signs that now looking back, and I knew this like, I mean, I've been on this journey for almost 30 years. So mid-journey, all these things made sense. I used to have these incredible welts, hives, here, here. On your wrists. My lips, so swollen, my tongue. And you know, if your tongue gets swollen, you can't breathe. So if my tongue ever got swollen, they'd rush me to the hospital, right, to get a shot of whatever to bring down the swelling. My eyes would swell up because the way he held my face, right, it's almost as though my body was saying, Something's happening. Mm-hmm. When I when he would abuse me when I was little, one time I guess maybe I tried to run away. He spanked the with his fraternity paddle the bottom of my feet, and my feet would just swell up, you know. And I can remember with my mom because I can always remember with another person there, like going, "Mom, my feet are so swollen and itchy and hot." And, you know, I'd go to Kaiser and get all these pin pricks to see what I was allergic to. Um, well, and they would probably think that the physical signs that they saw were from that, from your allergies instead of yeah, yeah. something else. Yeah. Did anyone know at all? Did you, did you confide in anyone? You said you didn't talk to your mother, but any friends or teachers or your babysitter? You just no, kept it no. secret. It was hidden from myself. It was like a still trap. I just couldn't deal with it. What about your father? Did uh, there seem to be a sense of remorse after he committed these uh, gross acts and uh, and then, you know, take off? Did you see any sense of uh, guilt or remorse from him? Um, yeah, you know, given what my father went through, I mean, abuse is abuse. But given the level of abuse that he dealt with, I guess you could say this was lighter. I mean, sexual abuse and, and violating me was awful. I mean, I, I say that soul murdering, it is. But he didn't do it in a way that meant I would never have sex or enjoy sex. So I was trying to tell a therapist about this, and she said this, and it sounded crazy at the time. But I've come to believe that maybe in his psyche, this made sense. There's no doubt that he loved us in so many demonstrative other ways. And he would also tell us. And I think he loved us in his mind in a way that he thought, like, that he knew to love us, you know. And because you sometimes don't know something's wrong until you can experience the associative feelings that are there with it, right? You grew up in one way, but until you learn differently, you don't do differently. Mm -hmm. You kind of indicated, but just to be clear, had he been abused himself? Is that where this came from? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember meeting my grandfather once. My grandfather was a mayor and 
a well-to-do family. My grandmother came from a really well-to-do family. I just can't imagine such an intelligent family. I mean, my father's brother was a, a professor of physics at Annapolis, you know. Um, I mean, we have some very smart people in our families, and it's like, I can't believe that this kind of abuse happened, but it did. So abuse begets abuse until you have that courage to heal. Even coming from a well-educated and prestigious family background doesn't immune one from the horrors of abuse as our guest has shared. And we'll be continuing our talk with her on our next program as she shares about how growing up as an abused child had an effect on her own self-image. Yes, so be sure to join us then. It'll be so helpful to anyone who has or who you may know of or may meet who's experienced abuse as a child. And it helps us to know how to support or even to pray for those who've experienced abuse. But it's also just another great example of how the Lord can reach and heal anything, no matter what you've been through. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast on this platform or any of the others like iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Of course, it's always free. Also, if you've missed a program or would like to hear this current one again, or to invite others to listen, just go to our website at connectionswithrichandbobby.com. And all of our contact information is there as well. Then, if you have a smart speaker, you can also listen to us there by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Also, you can listen to our program on Pandora. And as we mentioned, you can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now remember, as Rich said, we're also posting our programs on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel, Connections with Rich and Bobby, and watch it there. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby on YouTube. This is Connections, connecting with one another as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So thank you for listening, and remember, tell others and spread the word, God's word. And don't forget to join us next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby.